Blog Talk Radio. Glamour, fearless, Eva Talk Radio. was as a person and that was sort of it sort of just became something that um, 
was a natural transition into telling the story. I mean, she was the first to stand against apartheid in South Africa. She was the first to bring the sounds of Motown to England. Uh, in And uh, she brought over little Stevie Wonder and Martha Reeves and the Vandellas and the Supremes. And she put it on television. She produced produced it, actually. And it inspired a nation. And you still hear it through artists today like Adele and the late great Amy Winehouse and Duffy. And, you know, she was the first to change her name. Uh, you know, she was Maddie Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. <laughs> A wonderful Irish Catholic girl living in England, and uh, you know she she became Dusty Springfield, this incredible '60s icon. And I was fascinated by somebody who did that. And without her, there would be no Madonna or Lady Gaga. You know, she was sort of the first, and she was you know loved by Elton John and Elvis Costello, who also changed their names, and and Annie Lennox. Um, you know, yeah, also I British artists. Like- well, I I felt like when I was watching the show, the thing I kind of keyed into, and I don't know how many Americans or listeners are from America tonight, don't know that much about Dusty Springfield. It seems like she did have quite a run on TV for a long time. I mean, I know her from her music, but the idea that the way she championed the Motown sound in the UK to me was one of the most inspiring moments in the show. So really at her height, it seems to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, she was really on popular TV on a very regular basis, and she really chose to kind of pioneer this sound that had not broken in the U.K., and I think it's really fascinating, like you said, an Irish, white Irish Catholic girl was really the first one to kind of bring Detroit to uh, Great Britain. It's fascinating. I, I, I find it just I, obviously, I mean, I've been working on it for seven years, so his, her story is so incredibly intriguing to me. And, and it, it, you know, I constantly learn more about her, and um, it's just an amazing, you know, it's just an amazing experience. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's fascinating how she brought the sounds of Motown to, uh, you know, to England. I, I just, it's it's something that she literally just took upon herself to uh, to do, and she asked her manager to set it up, and they worked hard on producing the show, and she made it happen. And, well, you know, that, also, it changed a lot I, of things. It did, because part of the legacy I for the fans and, and the listeners tonight, I worked for Luther Vandross for 13 years. I know for a fact that part of her legacy is the fact that R&B, quote-unquote R&B singers in America, like Luther Vandross, I also worked with Tina Turner and Lionel Richie, the makeup of their audiences when you went overseas was so different than in America. These artists were really pop stars uh, for a lot of Europe, and I really have to think, you know, we're tipping our hat to Dusty Springfield because the platform she gave to musical icons like Diana Ross and, like you said, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, and... And Martha Reeves, I saw her on one of the interviews I was doing some homework on you. Uh, I just find that so fascinating. But the thing that kind of bothered me a little bit, because uh, you mentioned Amy Winehouse, too, was that Dusty Springfield really had an addiction issue, which you do choose to show on stage. And now, you know, here's another blue-eyed soul singer, quote-unquote, Amy Winehouse, who had much more tragic end to her life because of it. Why do you think... There's addiction and music are kind of so hand in hand in many I, careers. I I don't really have the answer. My friend um, said it best to me, and I thought it was fascinating. He's actually uh, actually our musical director, Michael Thomas Murray, and he said, "I think they're frustrated shamans." And I thought that was such a good way to look at it. You know, I think they're magical beings. They're here to transport you to you know another plane. That's what artists do. And, you know, and I think that they maybe struggle with 
with that kind of that kind of energy, and they really don't know how to handle it. I mean, I think you have to be pretty grounded and know yourself um, in order to handle that kind of that. It's a, I think, a spiritual energy, a gift. It's a gift, and you know, and I think people get confused about that and they tend to think maybe it's it they you know confuse it with the ego and they allow the ego to sort of take over and and then or they don't know how to handle the gift or they don't know how to handle the attention and i think all of those things sort of compiled and you know possibly having just a predisposition to addiction in your family line um which often happens with artists i think that you know it's kind of goes hand in hand, the sensitivity, the, you know, oversensitivity to the elements because you are sort of, you know, you, that's, that's the double-edged sword. You're, you're overly sensitive um, to be able to transmute the art and sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, the light that you have to give back to the world, you know. Well, now you're on stage night after night and you're performing all these songs and you have quite a gift too because these songs that Dusty Springfield made famous aren't exactly the easiest songs to sing, especially the Burt Sackrack, Hal David compositions. How do you how do you handle it and how do you stay in shape to be on stage that How many shows do you do a week? Like eight shows a week? I do eight shows a week right now, yes. So what is your resume for all the divas out there? How does does our number one diva tonight handle all of this pressure and stay in shape and sing like you do with your heart every night? Um, I, I mean, I have to say it's it's pretty it's probably more challenging than I I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's a it's a big show for me. Um, so it's a, I don't really leave the stage, so it's a a, a lot of music. Um, and I and I have to say I I don't know if I handle it all that well sometimes. But I mean, I stretch, um, I swim when I can, I eat really healthy, uh, I drink de- drink I drink green tea, I don't drink alcohol or very rarely. I have you know a glass of wine or a cocktail every, you know, every now and then. Um, you know, I can't. I'm not able to do that because it dries out your vocal cords. I warm right. up my vocal cords. I warm down my vocal cords. I take care of my body. I see chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists. Wow. I, I mean, you are very, you know, I, <laughs> you are very health-conscious. And for our listeners at Diva Medic, you you told me earlier that you're living with prediabetes, correct? I do, yes. And, yeah, okay. I have a thyroid disorder as well so yeah so you're really at that point now listeners where you you know this is up to you Kirsten how you're going to go forward so being this uh I mean I know you're trying to put on the best performance night after night with the show but I also assume because you're married to a lovely man that you're trying to put on the best performance for your life and so really taking your health health seriously does it really impact your show I would think it would be very positive yeah, no, it's it's in it's incredibly positive. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's, you know, what this show does is is make me really appreciate every moment and making sure that I am you know, the challenges that I'm experiencing right now, making sure that I take extra special good care of myself and putting that first, um which hasn't always been the case for me, um to to be able to sustain the show, which is really important for me to kind of uh, give back to the audience, which is probably my number one priority. And so if you can't really do it for yourself, you sort of have to do it for somebody else, right? So, you know, right. that's that's really the focus is for me is to be able to give back to other people. In order to do that, I really have to maintain some sort of schedule um, and eating really healthy and taking as much care of myself as I can. Drinking a lot of water is really important for me. Um, you know, those are, those are really, really key things. Um, eating small meals, I eat mainly vegan. 
um, you know, nothing too fun, you know, <laughs> nothing too exciting. No, but it's good because you really are. I mean, seriously, people need to go see the show. It's called Forever Dusty. It's good. You're going to have a sing-along coming up very soon. So someone who's a tone deaf like I will be, champ, you know, be right there with you person on stage just giving it my all, or off stage, I should say. But you know what? It's all about games at Divabetic, and I'm kind of known as the Bob Barker of Diabetes Outreach. So I thought we'd play a few games with you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, our first game is called Dustin Off the Diary. I'm going to read you some questions referencing Dusty Springfield songs, and you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind so that we could find out a little bit more about you. Are you are you ready? Because I'm going to be your number one fan now. Here we go. Okay. Kirsten, what are you wishing and hoping for in 2013? Mm, I just want I want happiness and to be fulfilled and to feel successful in my life in all areas. That was a like that. All right, next question. In your opinion, a house is not a home with what without what kitchen appliance? <laughs> uh that's hysterical. Uh the cast iron frying pan. <laughs> oh I love it. All right, here you go. Next question. Your choices for leading men to be featured in an on-stage love scene with you are Hugh Jackman, Hugh Grant, or Hugh Hefner. You only want to be with which Hugh? I would say Hugh Jackman for sure. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to slip in Hugh Hefner, but I didn't. Hugh Hefner? So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like uh, dating a dish rag. And now it's time for your... Oh, wait, we've got... Yeah, we have one more question. It is. Ready? Finally. Billy Ray was the son of a preacher man. So I'd like to know which one of these famous movie offsprings, other known as sequels, would you like to have been cast in? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Your three options are Grease 2, Legally Blonde, Red, White, Red, White, and Blonde, or Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Which one are you going to choose to be in, Kristen? Grease 2. <laughs> Grease 2? I lo- oh, Grease what song would you be singing from that show? Oh, oh the the Do one. I can't, I can't remember right now the one where she's she's singing about him. Oh, God, my, my brain right now. This um, is not going to be an interview. You're singing it's, it's, it's a cool writer, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. I couldn't think it. I was like, I it's a cool it. writer. Oh, that's not terrible. That's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's my brain. a cool writer, but so is our next diva who's joining us now. It's my favorite cookbook author diva all the way from Louisiana. Please welcome to the show, Holly Clegg. Holly, are you there? I'm here. I have a strong act to follow for sure. Well, now you're going to help me out because, Kirsten, we've got one more game for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So Holly is known, just so you know, as the queen of quick because she has several cookbooks out there. She has Kitchen 101 for people who are novices in the kitchen like I am. She has Too Hot to Handle for divas just like you who are on Broadway or maybe they go Broadway in their shower. And she also has a whole series of trim and terrific cookbooks. 
Holly, what are you trying to show divas who are professional and amateur about being in the kitchen, how easy it is to bring effortless cooking to life? What's your what's the uh, idea behind all these great cookbooks? Well, I like to show everyone that it's not that difficult to cook healthy. And, Kirsten, you might not have to eat all your different stuff and maybe go a little more mainstream with my recipes because they really are easy 30-minute recipes. I, I get asked a lot, well, do you have to go to a specialty store to find all the ingredients? No, you don't. They're in one mainstream grocery store, and I think what's most important, you don't have to change what you eat. I'm just going to change how you prepare it. So I can ask everybody their favorite recipe, and it's in my book. So I sort of trim the recipes down, and I keep them terrific. So, Kirsten, I thought it would be fun to be an open-minded eater tonight as our guest on the show, and so we're going to play my favorite game, Serve, Taste, or Trash. This is how it works. I'm going to read you a list of three fruits and vegetables, and you have to tell me which one you would serve to the cast of Forever Dusty, which one you would taste for yourself, and which one you would like to trash. Your three options tonight are... Hard to play the drums and do all this at once, let me tell you, everybody. Strawberries, (laughs) asparagus, and sweet potatoes. So... Which one would you choose to serve? I I would serve the strawberries. How do you like to serve your strawberries? I would serve them with either some Cool Whip (laughs) or dipped in chocolate, which isn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) And which one would you taste for yourself? Uh, I would taste for myself. I I mean, I really, you know, I really love vegetables, so, <laughs> but I, I would say sweet potatoes. And so the asparagus is unfortunately going to be trashed. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> poor asparagus. Ooh la la. <laughs> oh, Holly. <laughs> yeah. Like, help us out now, because now we're setting you loose in the third taste for trash kitchen, and we want to hear if you could sway Kirsten's opinion of her choices with some of your recipes. What do you have to show us for the strawberries, asparagus, and sweet potatoes? For the strawberries, we're going to sort of take your direction, but we're going to do a berry tiramisu. So it's layers of strawberries with your Cool Whip, but it's with some uh, reduced-fat cream cheese, layers of uh, lady fingers, and uh, sugar-free raspberry preserves. It's very fruit decadence, I would call it. Now, for your sweet potatoes, um, of course, you have to use Louisiana yams, which are the sweetest of sweet potatoes. And this is a little different recipe. It's a sweet potato salad, but I'm taking advantage of roasting your sweet potatoes and having the natural sweetness of the Louisiana yam combined with spices such as ginger and cumin. And you have the tartness and sweetness of cranberries and the crunch of pecans and sort of a Maple syrup orange dressing uh, or vinaigrette puts a new spin on sweet potato salad for sure. It's one of my absolute favorite recipes. And asparagus, those little poor things you trashed. We're going to doctor them up a little bit, and we're going to wrap our asparagus in prosciutto and a little Parmesan cheese, and then they're going to be wrapped in phyllo dough and baked in the oven so it has this pastry on the outside with the a cheesy and the saltiness of prosciutto sort of to accent the not as you know, more bland-tasting asparagus, again roasted. So these are three different recipes that will sort of spice up whatever you're serving. And they're all easy. Wow. Would you change that any sounds of amazing. Would, would you change any of <laughs> your choices, Kirsten? I don't, I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. All right. 
<laughs> but the dog sounds delicious, but I wish I could pick the same thing. You have a sweet thing. tooth. Well, I do. Here's I what we're going to do, though. We're going to test your Diva Food IQ and ask you now to trash the, the one of the three recipes that you think has the, is the highest in calories that um, – Holly Clark just told us. So you had Holly, you had the tiramisu, the berry tiramisu, right? You had the sweet potato salad, and you right. had the asparagus wrap. Correct. Correct. All right. So which one do you think is the highest in calorie calories, Kirsten? I would say the uh, sweet potatoes. The sweet ah. potatoes. How did she do, Holly? I was going to say, for someone that doesn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen, she has a very good kitchen IQ. So sweet potatoes, actually, this recipe does have the higher calorie count. But what's most important about all three of these recipes, besides being they're very simple to make, is they're all low in calories. So you're not going to, you know, really, even the dessert is low in calories. So all these recipes are healthier for you, and they make a difference. So you can enjoy them all without any guilt. And you say that they're pretty easy to make. So her schedule is kind of crazy with eight shows a week. How long does it take to make any of these three recipes? Not long at all. Probably the longest part of the sweet potato salad would be just roasting the sweet potatoes and the berry tiramisu, slicing your berries. So if you have a little sous chef, what's important I think you have to understand is to make these recipes, which are adding a little more ingredients to our three chosen vegetables and you know and berries, you're not complicating it. You're just adding some more flavor. But cooking doesn't have to be difficult. I think the best advice, and you've heard me say it before, is to have a well-stocked kitchen. So when you come home, you could pull from the pantry and someone that's busy and on Broadway. Look, I, I'm an, I have no voice at all. So uh, you might be intimidated in the kitchen, but I am definitely intimidated on Broadway. So I think we have something common. I don't I don't sing and I guess you don't cook, but that's what makes the world go round, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, everyone... well I hope you come see the show. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love yeah. to. And it's our website is foreverdusty.com and we're at New World Stages on fiftieth between eighth and ninth. And we have great songs, I only want to be with you, The Look of Love, Wishing and Hoping. Um it's just great music. So I do hope oh, you come see the, the show. And you just celebrated your 100th performance. So this had to be like a dream come true because tell our audience really quickly, Kirsten, you started this all the way in Southern California. Did you ever imagine it, it coming all the way to New York City and having this kind of amazing success? I imagined it, um, but it definitely was a long road, <laughs> and it is such a dream come true to be at New World Stages, and and so so amazing for us to celebrate our hundredth performance. It was really really beautiful, and people loved the show. They loved to sing along with it that night, and it just felt really really special. So it was a gift. It was amazing. Thank and you. Just to be able to be working in something you love, I mean, are you more passionate about the actual performing or do you love doing the writing? I'm more passionate about the performing, yeah. Um, the writing, writing's hard. Writing is just plain hard. Um, my husband's more of the, you know, the writer in the family. Um, you know, and I started doing this when we first met, actually, and so it was really organic for me. And and um, and then he came on board after we did the show in Los Angeles, and we wrote a screenplay together, and we did a lot more research, and then we turned the screenplay into this this production, which has five actors in it, and um, you know, which is you know, I think really wonderful. It adds a lot. And in, in Los Angeles, it was 
was a one-woman musical, so it grew to the piece that is it is right now. And and I do hope it continues to keep growing. I think that it could be you know a wonderful uh, Broadway show as well. <laughs> so well, you never you're know. Such a great, you're such a gracious performer. I think it will happen. And I'd love to tell Holly Clegg some of the surprises that you find out about Dusty Springfield, which number one. I'm a huge fan of Dusty in Memphis, and I don't know, Holly Clegg, how uh, familiar you are with Dusty Springfield's music, but this is probably her iconic album. And when I came to see the show, I found out something that just kind of shocked me. Can you share that, Kirsten, with the audience tonight? Oh, sure, that she actually recorded her vocals in New York City and not in Memphis. (laughs) (laughs) The secret's out. (laughs) The secret's out. It's very interesting. She recorded scratch vocals in Memphis, meaning uh, that that you know the band could sort of play along with it, and she they got an idea of what was happening. But she didn't record her the vocals that are on the actual album were recorded in New York City in a small studio here. Well, the thing that surprised me is she comes off so confident in all her videos and everything you see about her. I mean, she has such a huge body of work that it was it was not only shocking to find out that she didn't record it in Memphis, but to to find out or how you chose to portray it that she was a little bit apprehensive and kind of a, a nervous, you know, um, and she seems like she's so technically proficient. She seems like, and, you know, you mentioned how she, her brother was also a, uh, was a singer-songwriter as well, so music was a big part of their family growing up. It was kind of really fascinating to kind of go behind the icon and see just someone a little bit nervous about, um, you know, perfecting their craft. I, I found that fascinating. No, thank you. Yeah, it's very true. There's just was there were two people that everybody really talks about knowing and Mary O'Brien and Dusty Springfield and they were two very different people. She was a very different person on stage and and she but she just was <laughs> you know, just a, an incredibly shy and sort of an introverted um uh, and uh, neurotic in a lot of ways, obviously, um, offstage, um, but but a very kind and loving individual. I mean, all of her fans adore her, and she. I I can't tell you how many countless people told me that they've they spent time with her in her dressing room. It's pretty amazing. So that's that just speaks volumes. Like she would just invite her fans to her dressing room and hang out with them, and it, it's just really really phenomenal. And Muffy Hendricks, who was uh, Barry Manilow's backup singer because he was on Manilow on Broadway, came to see the show and loved it, and. She was a backup singer for Dusty, so it was just such a huge treat to spend time with her. And she just talked about how much she loved Dusty and had such a great time with her on tour. And, you know, and and they would spend hours in the dressing room talking. And, you know, it's just really, really, really great. I mean, everybody just says what a wonderful person she was with all her flaws, which were were deep and, and intense. And, you know, she was definitely had a lot of... A lot of demons and but you know she was definitely had an incredible beautiful artistic and in, and inspirational side to her that you know is is just lovely to to explore and to have the opportunity to portray every night as this character and i think it's an amazing story and people are inspired by it and moved by it and um you know i hope it continues <laughs> it continues to, well, I really to keep going like the, i mean i really love the, the point you made about her again, ambassadoring uh, Motown music and kind of really taking music out of something that you're not being judged by the gender, the race, or the age of the person singing it and able to enjoy that music. And the idea that she really embraced it with her full heart and went on to champion soul music in her own country and then kind of came back to America as well and had some popularity doing the same type of music is amazing. But Holly Clegg, the woman was British, and we all think of fish and chips 
in Britain, how would Holly Clegg transform something like fish and chips into a healthy opportunity for someone out there who's listening? Well, I think it's what I do is uh, for your fish, I put it in a topping, and I think the secret is if you put fish, and if it's coated with cornflake crumbs or whatever, on a hot oiled pan in the oven, it gets that crispy coating like it's fried. And what other way to do the fries than do sweet potato fries using my Louisiana yams? And I, <laughs> I so, hey, you could have fish and chips southern style, I guess. Well, now, <laughs> if you want delicious. to find out, if you want any of Holly Clegg's recipes, you can go to hollyclegg.com. Your books are available on Amazon. Yes, I'm on, on the Divabetic blog. And... Um, Kirsten, tell everyone how they could come see you in the show before we, we're wrapping up. Uh, yeah, you visit uh, foreverdusty.com, and uh, you can click on our Facebook and like us there. And there's just a tab that says buy tickets. It's really easy. We're uh, eight shows a week, two on Wednesday, two on Saturday. Um, we really would love your support. And, you know, we're a small show, so it's really lovely for you to come out and support us, and I think you'll have a great night of entertainment. And it's at New World Stages. There's a lovely bar here and great restaurants. It's between 8th and 9th on uh, 50th Street in New York. And I loved it. I loved it, and I'm coming back for one of those sing-alongs. Well, I'd like to thank my guest, Kirsten Holly-Smith from Forever Dusty and Holly Clegg from Kitchen 101 and Trim and Terrific and Too Hot to Handle Cookbooks. Check them out at both of their sites. Remember, next next week I'm going to have R&B icon, Tony Award-winning actress Melba Moore, the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, and Mama Rosemary on Diabetes Roundtable next Tuesday night. Please visit Diabetics' Facebook fan page. And check out all my videos on Mystery Diva Bedic's YouTube channel. Remember, every diva and every dude has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. Thanks for being part of the show. Thank you, Max. I enjoyed it.